Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Future Cast on the Player Profiler Radio Network. I am your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. And with me, as always, my main man, Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. Now, today is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a fun show, a quick show. We're going to talk a little NFL draft, some trades. But first, we're going to jump into this transfer portal since we have not given you guys an update in quite a few weeks. Andy, I'm scrolling through this list. And I see a couple Texas schools on here. I know we just talked to Alex Dunlap last week. I see Tyler Johnson on this list, a, a 97 overall four-star prospect uh, that went to Texas for a couple seasons. He redshirted. He didn't play in 2021. Um, but I think th- I don't, I'm not as worried about him leaving Texas as much as what Alex said is they brought in five studs this year. Um, do you have any thoughts on Tyler Johnson, or do you want to jump into this other team in Texas? Yeah, I think uh, based on our conversation with Alex, it sounds like the offensive line is horns up. The quarterback position could be horns up or horns down. And then with this guy leaving, I don't think it's really that big of a concern. Um, I think the biggest concern now is if you're a Texas fan, how do you capitalize on the fact that you may be the number one team in Texas, right? Longhorn Nation, you, you might be back. Because this list too, Cody, shows two prominent players leaving which other Texas school? Texas A&M. Surprised, surprised. surprised me with Jimbo there. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, just, it seems bizarre you would leave uh, Texas A&M when, I mean, I know they haven't been electric or great in the SEC. I mean, they've been good. I mean, you knock off Alabama, you're not that far away from winning more games, you know, I would imagine. So it strikes me as odd that you would leave Texas A&M unless they think they're going to be stars somewhere else. Yeah, and, and to say that, it's like the door is open for these guys. Baylor Cup, uh, the tight end for Texas A&M, uh, he entered the transfer portal just the other day, and, and you would think, well, you know, why wouldn't he stay? Because Jalen Weidemeyer is now going to the NFL, kind of opens the door for Cup to get an opportunity to play. Last year he didn't do anything, obviously, 6'7", 245. That's a big tight end. Um that, that was looking to get opportunity after coming off of a broken ankle, you know, uh, you know, you, you wonder what's going through his head. And then the other guy uh, was known to be a big Debbie guy. Uh, Demon Dimas, I believe is how you pronounce it, is a five-star wide receiver. I, I just feel like you don't often see these type of players leaving a Jimbo Fisher-led program. Yeah. <clears throat> it just, this starting, it's not starting to feel this way yet, but you're getting vibes, at least at least I am. When I see guys of these this leaving, uh, this caliber of leaving, I start to feel 
similarly about this team like I did when it came to the end of Florida State, Jimbo's tenure at Florida State, where like <laughs> you started to have guys starting to like leave, right? Not everyone was sticking around. The transfer portal was more, I mean, it was different back then because it wasn't immediate, but like you had him recruiting at less of a high level. Um, not bringing, I know they got the number one recruiting class right now by strictly recruits, right? And they're not too far behind in, in transfers, but this, this is a big loss. Um, these are big losses for this Texas AMM team. You wonder if they're going to find enough people to recover. It, 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 well, I, I like, they still got some guys, right? They still got Devon A. Chain. They still got Aina Smith. Um, but the, the question you might ask is like, you know, Calzada. Calzada is going to be back there. Um, and and maybe these guys don't want the ball to be thrown to them by them. Like like 56% pass completion last year. Haynes King behind him. Um, it just makes you wonder uh, with, with, with especially to me, uh, with Demas, that's like maybe he sees brighter, brighter paths elsewhere because – for him to transfer, it almost makes me think of like a, a Jamison Williams, for example, like a guy that maybe he saw, it all, but but not quite the situation because the, the talent's not there in front of him. More so, like like he sees elsewhere uh, that would that would use his talents a different way. Like maybe maybe he's worried that they're going to keep pushing the run game or they're going to keep using tight ends more so, and so he's gonna like I'm going to go to Bama, for example. Like if Bama would take him be a good spot, but Bama's still loaded a receiver. Like I think I think you talked about a potential landing spot for him. I think you already mentioned it. What's that? I think it could be Ohio State. I mean why wouldn't you, right? CJ Stroud slings the rock. You're you're losing Master Teague right to the draft. Uh you don't have you're not gonna have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson to compete with anymore. Jeremy Ruckert's gone. Uh, to me, that seems like a wide open spot. That, that was, I mean, I don't know if you did it intentionally or not, but that was a it didn't that was huge. That, that, that like immediately the light bulb popped up in my head like pass first offense, dynamic quarterback, not a lot of target competition. Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba is still going to be the number one there, but like a solid number two, potentially one A, one B situation. I mean, good they, idea. I was going to say that they have in Jigba and then they have Julian Fleming, which isn't, isn't quite on a Jigba's level. And then Marvin Harrison is that is that freshman, but like if you could bring in a guy like Demas, I mean that would take him over the over the. I mean that would be with Travion Henderson. CJ, oh, oh, I didn't even think of that until you said that, but that, that's that's pretty good. Um, other guys in this transfer portal that that you had mentioned earlier is um, the running back from Florida State, Corey Wren. Uh, he didn't get a lot of run while being at Florida State, but he answered the transfer portal. He's a three star, eighty six overall prospect. Uh, in two four seven sports, Cam Sullivan Brown, wide receiver from Penn State, he will not be eligible to play uh, right away. He will have to sit out uh, for one year. Running back Sion Finau uh, from BYU uh, will be transferring as well, uh, and the rest of these guys are defensive positions or, or, or offensive linemen. So that's the college transfer portal update for the day. Um, but now we're going to move on to the, the fun part, the quick part of this show, which is it, it's not going to be your normal future cast show, right? We've been talking uh, prospects, 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 and we've been talking about these drafts, these rookie mocks and things like that. Today, we're going to be focused on the NFL draft and things that could happen entering the NFL draft or during the NFL draft. We're talking trades, you know, who's going to move up in the draft. Some of these conversations we've seen on Twitter, we've, we've heard in the media of potential guys getting traded, some receivers, 
maybe a quarterback or two that 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 likes to carry some drama baggage with him, something like that, maybe. Um, but yeah, we're gonna jump into some trades here in a second. But first, we got to give a special shout out to Underdog Fantasy. Go over to UnderdogFantasy.com or uh, or known as Undercat Fantasy. Just kidding. Uh, UnderdogFantasy.com today. Use that promo code Underworld. Get yourself a deposit match bonus up to one hundred dollars. And go do it now. Enter that the super flex big board. There's still a bunch of spots left to draft in there. I'm drafting every single day. Like I've told you many times before, the value is still there with these running backs and these quarterbacks late in the super flex draft. Along with the receivers, the receivers are still not going at the requisite spots. Uh, you have guys like Chris Olave um, uh, and, and and Garrett Wilson getting drafted 40, 50, 60 spots after like a guy like Darnell Mooney. Uh, they should be drafted ahead of him. Uh, in these certain in, in these certain situations, so go over to underdogfantasy.com today. Use that promo code Underworld and go do it. Go do it now. Let's jump into the fun part, Andy, and that is the NFL draft and some trades. We both have a couple down here. I'll get started first, and then you give me your thoughts. The first trade I have: the Seattle Seahawks trading pick nine, pick forty, and their 2023 first round pick to the Detroit Lions for pick number two. And I have them doing that to get one Malik Willis out of Liberty. Um, I don't know if this is the correct move to make for Seattle, but it feels like a move that that franchise would make and will make. And, and well being at the Liberty Pro Day, they were there. Their quarterback coach was there. Their, their ops coach was there. They had some scouts there. And those guys were more low-key. We saw Carolina sit in the front row uh, behind the throwing session, we had Atlanta off to the side, Pitt off to the side, Washington had a number of guys there, but Seattle was, Seattle was, um, what's the word? Uh, you know, just sneaking around the edge. The they, they were there. What's the word? On the down low, right? The down, they were on the down low. Exactly. They were there, paying attention to everything, but they were not to be seen. They did have the little lime hats on, but that was like they they meshed in with everybody. And so I think Seattle is a sleeper to move up. Is it the right move? No, because they're. They need to complete rebuild, but I do not think Pete Carroll's ready for a complete rebuild. I think he's ready to bring in a Malik Willis, uh, run the RPO game with him and Penny and potentially some other running backs they might draft in this draft. But that's what I see. And, and you're talking about the draft capital, 940 in the 2023 first uh, uh, in comparison to last year's trade-up, which was Miami and San Francisco. Uh, Miami traded pick three last year, and they moved back to 12 and San Francisco gave them the 2022 first and 2023 first and a third. Um, I don't think they're going to have to quite give up that much this year just because the draft is not as talented. Um, I know we talk about the Jimmy Johnson trade chart and stuff, but things can be twisted because this draft class is not nearly as strong as last year's draft class. So this is my trade. What do you think, Andy? I mean, I think it's pretty on brand for Seattle, right? We know they're willing to make bad trades with first-round picks. So to me, I mean, this makes a lot of sense for them. This is Malik Willis is unproven, but decent enough in a lot of our eyes where we think he can come in and potentially play right, right out the gate. And I think Pete Carroll knows he's coaching for his job or knows that his job is kind of already over and he's trying his best to show that he's trying to do something different or do something new or do something innovative by having a guy. Again, you had Russell Wilson, so I don't know why you didn't think he couldn't have used him more efficient efficiently but yeah to me this makes sense and it makes sense from a Detroit perspective to continue bolstering a defense that is absolutely um you know did it lose them some games last year yes 
I think this is a good way to get some of that back, especially if you're not sold on the quarterbacks this year and you're like, hey, let's just keep Jared Goff for a little bit, right? He does he just does enough to not absolutely tank your season. He's not he may yep. not win you the Super Bowl, but he's not gonna tank your season. And and I think exactly what you said. I think Goff's good enough to be that bridge. And now with this trade, they move back to nine. I think Kyle Hamilton, he didn't test out as well as people thought. There's talk about him dropping out of the top 10. You get Kyle Hamilton at nine. N'Kobe Dean didn't test out as well. Uh, he came in a little undersized, according to scouts. He drops out of the first round. Maybe you pick him up at 40. Lions also have pick 32, 34. And then you get this first-round pick in 2023 from Seattle. This would give Detroit three first-round picks in 2023. Three. That is the ultimate ammo to do literally anything that they could move up from any spot to move up to number one. That would give them Seattle's, the Rams, and the Lions first round picks next year. Brad Holmes, man, he's striking again. At, and Matt and and Anand have talked about Brad Holmes, and it's it's that he keeps doing the damn thing. I think this is the right move to make. Um, but I see your trade up here. Seattle's not done. What's the next move? Yes, the next move here. Everyone has this wide receiver from Seattle going somewhere that is very fantasy-friendly, maybe very uh, NFL team-friendly. But there exists a world in which we don't get what we want. And unfortunately, this trade embodies that sentiment. We have Houston trading back or trading picks 68 and pick 107 to get DK Metcalf for Davis Mills. They want to know if Davis Mills is the guy or if it was a flash in the pan for a couple of games last season. Is he good enough to win out down there? And by bringing DK Metcalf, you give him a an alpha receiver that can win in all phases of the game. Um, I think with those picks, Seattle, again, because they're not very good at drafting, I think they take – uh, Fidarian Mathis and Brian Robinson because they can cut Chris Carson after next season, um, you know, with all the injuries and some save some cap space there. So I think I think that's how they go, right? Draft another grinder, uh, draft a guy that can play um, early on that had the Alabama sticker on on his helmet. So it's not the best landing spot for him, but I think it's it's an option that's out there that nobody's talking about from a contract construct. From a contractual uh, conversation, uh, it makes sense because DK is going to be due twenty million. With the way the receiver market's going, DK is going to be due twenty million. If they make the trade that I talked about earlier with Malik Willis, they'd be giving away pick forty, and they're giving away next year's first and this year's first, and then we add in your your picks where they get pick sixty eight back, which is kind of close to forty. Uh, they get pick one hundred seven, and you said Robinson and Fidarian Mathis. That gives them a running back on the cheap. No more paying Carson. That gives them an out with Penny eventually. They have Robinson in on a rookie deal. They would have Malik Willis in on a rookie deal. And, and they have still pick 41 in this draft where they could pick anything they want. They still have Lockett, D. Eskridge, Will Disley, Noah Fant. They still have some young core in this offense to really get that rebuild started and, and not make this as ugly as it might seem. And what you said, Fedarian and Brian Robinson, I really like that. In my last mock draft, if you look at these exact picks I made uh, with the Houston Texans, uh, I gave them a couple edge rushers, uh, Nick Benito, Amari Barno, uh, at the pick 107-108 spot. They actually have both those picks. So 107, a nice edge guy. Like There's some talent there. Like you said, Fedarian Mathis is there. Uh, Brian Robinson also at, at pick 68 at that exact pick with Houston. I had them getting Isaiah Spiller. So 
Like when you actually sit back and think about it, filling in a DK Metcalf who's going to get $20 million, whether you like it or not, wherever he's at, maybe it is a smarter move. Maybe it's a, it's a chess piece move. Uh, kind of like the Packers moved on from Adams, right? Because they knew what they had to pay. Tyreek Hill got moved because he's aged out. Adams is aged out. Metcalf still has a few years before he's going to be aged out. Um, but this could be one of those chess moves where Seattle's like, we're not ready to win now. Maybe it's going to be three years. But to really make this move right with Willis, you got to move Metcalf. I really like where you're thinking and where your head is at with this pick, Andy. We've seen a lot of conversation with Carolina over the last few weeks. Pre-draft, post-draft, do you think they make a move at quarterback? Yeah, so they're they're one of the teams that missed out on the quarterback market, right? And I think everyone's been talking about them trading for a quarterback, right? Trading picks for a quarterback. But not so fast. It's not the quarterback that I think we're going to see moved. The 49ers can't decide whether or not they want to date Jimmy Garoppolo or kick him to the curb. And I think because of the indecision, there's another guy in that same division that I think is going to move. The NFC West? Yeah, in the NFC West. I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers trade pick six, pick 137, and their first round pick next year for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is in the Carolina blue next year. I think with the situation that he created by himself and or his agent created for him and and that awkward situation there with the contract dispute and all the stuff on social media, I think he's going to look for a chance to get out of there. I think he's going to look for a chance to move on from the team. I think Carolina is looking for, you know, a quarterback that's ready, that's ready now. Um, you're talking about a, a totally different market than where he's at right now. So he puts all that stuff behind him. Um, <clears throat> and then I think then Arizona tries to go out and do their best to draft Kyler Murray from this year's draft. And they end up taking Malik Willis at number six overall. And maybe a couple of late round guys later. What do you think? Ooh, ooh I see you. I see you trying, trying, trying to get that little Malik Willis action. That is a fit, and that's a whole process that I had not thought of before. Um, obviously, we've heard the Carolina news of like, hey, you know, Malik goes to Carolina, but you're talking him falling to six and them having already traded that pick for Kyler Murray and next year's first. That that's a smart move on Carolina's part because we know Carolina's in a in a in a tough spot. You could also even imagine them adding in Sam Darnold to that because if they know they're getting Kyler Murray. Maybe they're like, hey, Arizona, you, you want to have this dude just kind of be, you know, say, you want Sam Darnold, we'll just throw him in. You can have him. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I could see that hypothetically. And then they can bring in Malik and they kind of work these guys together and, and make Malik earn that job. I've never visualized Malik Willis in an Arizona Cardinals jersey before. That's interesting. That's a very interesting, interesting thought. Kyler Murray in Carolina, I mean, unlocks DJ Moore. Unlocks DJ Moore. Oh, my. That's a that's a rushing threat too. Christian McCaffrey and Kyler Murray. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Christian Ooh. Christian McCaffrey, Ky, uh, Kyler Murray. You'll have DJ Moore. You know all the Ter- Terrace Marshall stands out there. They're getting excited now, so that boosts guys like me who drafted Terrace Marshall to trade him away, right? If they get him, because it'll be a sell high candidate. It just yep. 
the possibilities are endless. But yeah, it's a kind of out of the box thought, you know. And then so the division itself is open, right? That, but that's what happens, right? So that's that that's the type of trade that you usually see is something we don't see happening. That's that's what happens quite a bit. Is you know, there's a couple guys conversating. New Orleans and 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 what was it Atlanta for for Deshaun Watson and then the Browns come out of nowhere like we've seen things like this happen before so it, it wouldn't shock me like you said divisions wide open uh, pretty much right outside of outside of Tampa Tampa is going to be competitive yeah. but if Kyler Murray goes to Carolina that Carolina defense is ready they're a quarterback away from being uh, in that in that upper echelon conversation I think Kyler might take him there um, but that's our four trades now we have one trade that. We both selected a team going into this, and we decided, you know, I said, I'm going to take a team that has multiple first-round picks. You take a team that you think is going to move up, and let's see if we can argue. So we, we argued before the show and, and got, got a couple teams, and we figured it out. Andy, you're the Cowboys. I'm the Jets. You want to make a trade happen? Yeah, let's, let's do a deal. Let's make a trade happen. You ready? Let's, let's do it. Give me a call. Okay, so I'd like to trade up, take pick number 10 from you, and I'm going to give you pick 24, pick 56, and 2023 first-round pick. What do you say to that? Why, why, why do you want to move up 14 spots? I mean, well, I, I got I got a couple picks. I got a couple of picks at the start of the second. What you know? I, I don't think I really need. I don't think I really need to move back fourteen. Um, I, I think I don't think well, we're going to take a. I don't think we're going to take a receiver here in round one. But but you know we we might take a tackle or something. Um, how about how about you throw in? How about you throw in a fifth fifth next year and let's get this deal done. Uh... Okay, we'll throw on a fifth too. I'm gonna do my best Jerry Jones impression, which isn't very good. So we may stop it halfway through, but we're gonna go for it now. Okay. So because we're on the board at pick 10, and because we don't have Amari Cooper anymore, and Michael Gallup has his knee, the daggum knee that he's repairing right now on the sideline. So I'm walking around before I came in the building today. He looks phenomenally great. I'm going to say we are going to jump ahead of our in-division rival, the Washington Commanders, and we're going to draft the first wide receiver off the board. Personal fan favorite of my own, a Woo Pig Suey national hero. We are going to take Trayvon Burks from University of Arkansas, pick number 10. That's the show. Fuck it. That's the show. That's the show. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't going to top that shit. So we take this trade, pick 24, pick 56, 2023 20, first. You gave me that fifth, and I give you pick 10. You're mortgaging the future, kind of like kind of like you did trading with Vegas to get Amari Cooper. Now you're trading for the next Amari Cooper in Traylon Burks. Get your replacement. 
I feel good about this as a Jets fan. I'm moving back from 10. I got now four picks between 24 and 56. I'm happy. 